Welcome back to the Mildew Twang Outdoors podcast, where we chronicle our time spent in the Delta, the swamps, the Piney Woods, and beyond. Here, we share our experiences and stories ranging from simple country living to lesser-known stories of American culture and what all of this means for us as Christians in today's world. You are going to tag along with us today as we wade through the swamps of the Mobile Tensaw Upper Delta chasing after wood ducks. There are a few things I find more thrilling than watching a sunrise while standing in knee-deep water and listening to the piercing swoosh of a light-speed wood duck cutting through the pre-dawn silence. Grab your waders and let's get out there! October 8, 2023 was a marvelous day, and not because I was celebrating a birthday. As I do every year on that day, I was out to kill a limit of squirrels, much to my wife's dismay. She won't eat those things, but that leaves more for me in the form of squirrel and dumplings, squirrel gravy and buttermilk biscuits, and fried Natchitoches pies stuffed with wild hog sausage and squirrel meat. As dry leaves crunched beneath my boots, I eased along a fresh-cut trail in the river swamp. Mystical in appearance, the early morning sky was just turning rosé pink and the palmetto flats all around me were covered in a ghastly gray fog. If you focused intently, you could see the swirling mist changing shape around you, sparkling in the faint rays of light. It was as if I had been transported into another realm not yet seen by human eyes. Just as I began to lose myself in my surroundings, a mama doe and her newborn fawn broke the silence. That young deer decided to stretch its legs and it was running circles around the mama doe as if it was intending to play chase. Annoyed, she stood her ground right up until she caught my wind and both deer froze instantly. We locked eyes for what seemed like ten minutes before they wised up and bounded away. Those deer ushered in the morning life and not long after the squirrels woke up from their nightly slumber. Crack. One down. Crack. Crack. Two more. My 22 rang out and echoed through the morning air. Before long, I had six squirrels hanging on my handmade strap, and I was not keen on ending the day so soon. Considering that it was not yet a half hour after shooting light, and given that I had several hours to burn, I made the executive decision to head further south and scout some ground for archery season. Out of the early morning calm, one sound kept piercing through the swamp. It was a dull, deep, guttural sound that resembled the noise made when you get punched in the gut. I've killed many a wild hog in that area, so I reasoned in my mind that it must be a small sounder of pigs bullying up on one another. I was not on the time clock, so I let my curiosity get the better of me, and I eased towards that noise. I broke through the palmetto flat into a wide expanse of open brush. I raised my weapon, ready to take out my poor kind nemesis, but there was not a pig. I had let myself be fooled by nothing other than a blue heron. Listening to that sound back over again, I should have known for a fact that that was a heron, but in the moment, in the early morning light and all of the fog, I had no idea what was about to jump out and eat me, and it didn't help that I watched Jurassic Park the night before. Now that was almost the end of the morning hunt, but I was intrigued that I could be fooled by a noise in the woods, as I had not been fooled in quite a long time. I decided to wait out a few minutes and see just what that heron was fussing about. 
I waited for a while, but I never did figure out what he was upset over because a short time after watching him, movement on the surface of the small beaver pond caught my eye. Ducks. Wood ducks. Man, oh man, my birthday was getting better and better. There was a mated pair of woodies on the water, along with several stragglers, which had flown in late. My attention switched from figuring out what that heron was up to, to listening to those ducks. And if you spent any time outdoors, you should immediately recognize the flying call of a wood duck. But have you ever stopped to listen to the sitting sounds? The hen has a rather unique two-week call, but there is a whole series of soft chuckles and whistles that I had never heard in my life. I learned more about wood ducks in that 30-minute sit than I have in the sum total of my existence on this pale blue dot called Earth. On the way out of the woods that morning, I bagged my last two squirrels, bringing me to the daily bag limit of eight. Those ducks, however, had stolen the thunder from the tree rats I was chasing that morning, and I made it a plan to be back in that spot on opening day of duck season. Small game hunting and duck hunting are passions that I pursue much of the fall and winter time frame. While I'm limited on squirrel hunting as my wife won't eat the things like I told you earlier, it is single-handedly accounted for the greatest development of both friendships and my woodsmanship skills. The Mississippi Department of Wildlife and Fisheries defines woodsmanship as the essential skill set of the outdoorsman, especially as it relates to hunting. The best woodsmen have extensive knowledge about their targeted quarry. They learn their hunting areas intimately and interpret animal sign almost unconsciously. If you live in the United States, you have undoubtedly heard the sharp barking of a squirrel. You have surely heard them chattering back and forth. Learning how to bark and chatter like a squirrel, a.k.a. squirrel calling, began a lifelong journey of understanding animal behavior and sound. It also has caused my brother to think that I have a little bit of a screw loose in my head, and it makes for an even more fun experience out in the woods. Duck hunting has become a mainstay in my life as it is the one major hunting opportunity that builds camaraderie and allows you to talk and move around during the act of hunting. Turkey Joe, the developer of the so-called Magnum 2 Wheat sound used on the Duck Commander Woody call, along with Jamie Hilbin, the owner of Three Arrows Butcher Shop in Spanishport, Alabama, Preacher Man Mims from East Point Baptist Church, Cade Bergen, Old 72, and my father have become duck hunting counterparts over the years. There is not a day in my life that I fail to be influenced and motivated by these relationships, and I'm blessed beyond all understanding. Youth duck season was scheduled to open on November 19, 2022. Turkey Joe and Jamie both have youngins, and I had, at the time, a good duck hole scouted to take them to shoot. We drove through the gate, made it through the multiple mud holes, and parked a good 45 minutes before shooting light. Now, it's hard enough getting your own stuff together, but watching Turkey Joe and Jamie fight with those boys to get waders, jackets, headlamps, and guns situated sure enough opened my eyes to the struggle that comes with teaching boys to become men. We finally got all seven folks nice and snug, and we began the long walk through the Palmetto Flats. 
Unlike the earlier story, we found our way through the pitch black night with nothing more than a few headlamps. In fact, our hunting party rather resembled the seven doors from Snow White coming out of their minds as we plodded along, making more racket than a herd of wildebeests. That once magical realm of sunlight and swirling mists was turned into a jet black pre-dawn and there was mystery in the air. Upon reaching the water, we set off in a line, me in the lead like the Pied Piper, our group following my every step. As we reached the cypress tree line adjacent to the opening in the forest canopy, the jet black night was punctuated by speckles of starlight high above us. We broke apart into three groups, Turkey Joe taking one of his boys, Jamie taking one of his own, and me taking the youngest two. It took some time to get the blind bags hung and the guns divvied out, but before long, each boy had his own respective firearm on standby, waiting for shooting light. We poured coffee, and the three elder folks shared in the golden brown delight that we packed in, in a classic Stanley thermos. Bear in mind, that thermos was older than me, and it was bought well before the newfangled trend of yuppies all wanting to buy in on that country boy action. The four youngins wanted to share in that bitter brown brew because they were sure enough men now standing in that cold water before daylight, but boy oh boy did they ever grimace when the coffee touched their lips. Five minutes before legal light, we loaded up the guns and passed them out, ensuring that the boys knew good and well they better not pull the trigger before they hear the all-clear signal. That signal being a classic magnum from Turkey Joe's call. Before long, here we go, boys. All right, buddy, you got 9 to 12 o'clock, and you, you've got 11 to 2. Here they come. Y'all be still, be still, and get ready. The first ducks landed with a splash not eight feet from where I was standing. Shoot them, shoot them, I blurted out as the guns went off. Those ducks flew off without a cut feather, and I swear you could hear them laughing as they flew away. Another group came in, and this time, the boys didn't seem to raise an eyebrow. Ducks? We thought those were woodpeckers. Man, my patience was starting to wear out. Several groups of ducks had come in already, and there were none yet dead on the water. About 15 minutes into the hunt, one of the boys looked up and said, Mr. J, I need a break. I need a break. Can you hold this gun for a second? Sure thing, buddy, but if you can wait five more minutes, the hunt will be over. Can you hold on? No, no, I need to take a quick break. All right, buddy, I'll hold that shotgun for a minute, but you better hurry. The birds are still flying. As soon as the figured walnut stock of that Remington 1100 hit my palms, here comes another group of woodies begging to be shot. If you think the drive of a dog to beg at the dinner table is bad, you have never been holding a loaded shotgun with four ducks landing in your lap on a youth-only hunt. Out of instinct, I started to level that gun, but before I could draw a bead on those birds, my brain kicked into gear, and I had to kick myself. In one week, I would have my fun, but I have never willingly and intentionally broken the law, and I wasn't about to start now. Mr. J, I'm ready for my gun back, fella said, never realizing how close I was to blasting the feather off of those ducks. In fact, he didn't see those birds in the first place as they dive-bombed our heads. Shortly thereafter, we cut our losses and took a few group photos, which I had framed and hung up in my office. Our hunt wasn't a success in the traditional sense of the word, but we made memories that will last a lifetime and I spent the morning with some incredible men.
we headed to the Waffle House and had a massive breakfast before going home for a much-needed nap. After that hunt, I had to laugh everything off being that we didn't kill any birds. It wasn't the shooting and killing that mattered anyway. It was time spent with friends, right? But is that all that there was to the situation? I sure thought so for a while. It took a few weeks to realize that I had just received one of the most important lessons of my life, and the folks that taught me had no idea that they were going to change my future. Thank you, boys. You see, at the moment that I was overseeing the hunt, those boys, being young and less experienced in the duck hunting arena, did not see the big picture in the same way that the adults on the hunt did. The three older folks could see the birds working. We were responsible for group safety. We were liable to protect those young men at all costs. As young folks, kids are reliant on their elders for guidance and protection, and they rarely, if ever, see life situations in the same way that an experienced, wise, older adult will. Children see a partial glimpse of the whole, and as we age and go through life, our personal experiences greatly impact our understanding of what is actually taking place around us. It is also important to note that young folks have to respect and honor those who are leading them through love and through trust. In my Christian walk over the years, I have, many times, felt like I was grasping the big picture. In fact, I have often believed that there was nothing more that I could attain from my walk with the Lord because I was already there. I was already complete. Hold on, Nellie. Come on, Jay. What did you just say? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-3 through state the following. Brothers, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, because you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready, because you are still fleshly. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and living like unbelievers? What Paul is saying here essentially amounts to the fact that as Christians, there are times when we aren't ready to stand up and eat solid food. There are times we have to rely on those around us, strong believers, accountability partners, and rely on the Lord to give us what we need. And we don't always see the big picture ourselves. As a follower of Christ, my goal is to grow closer to the Lord daily. However, how many times have I vetoed my heart and my soul by telling myself that I was already mature in my faith? How many times have I let my pride and my ego dictate my life rather than relying on the word of our Lord? Much like the boys on the youth duck hunt as they relied on their fathers and on me, as a man on earth, I'm supposed to rely on Christ to provide for me and to take care of the big picture even when I can't see it for myself. This is rather difficult to do, and I go through periods of time where I put my trust in God, but I also go through trials where I fail. Lucky for me, and for you, our Father, the Lord God Almighty, has provided a way for us to be assured of our salvation by putting our faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ, who has paid for my sin with His own blood. I don't have to be perfect, nor will I be until I'm home with Him. Thank you, Lord. After our hunt, we ate a marvelous breakfast at the Waffle House, which was paid for by one of the fathers. Those boys didn't have to pay. They were covered by their parents. God covers our lives if we submit to His authority and we have faith and salvation through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for that hunt and for the lesson that those young men taught me.
I sure hope that you've enjoyed this week's episode. It's been a wonderful experience sharing my stories and my personal growth with you. We are just getting started with our duck hunting ventures, so tune in next week to hear more stories straight from the source. We will be hosting a few honored guests. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to me via Spotify podcast or Apple podcast. Please provide feedback so that we can continue to develop our show for you. Check out the Instagram page listed in the show description and remember to share us with your friends and please follow and rate us as we grow. Love in Christ.